going on, everybody? My name is Timothy Cato III, or just simply Cato. I'm an audio arts grad student here at Syracuse University. And audio arts has been a huge impact within my life. Huge impact. Really one of the greatest years of my life. And today I am joined by one, a fellow audio arts graduate student hailing all the way from the boogie down Bronx, New York. Bronx, New York, the, the, the hotbed, the birthplace of hip hop where I'm going to be talking to her today about how the Bronx is um, viewed within the, main, within the mainstream hip-hop world. I'm going to be talking to her about her identities and how they help her artistry and how she's become a successful independent artist um, between, um, what is it, because you lived in Atlanta for a little bit, mm -hmm. between the Bronx and Atlanta. You guys, without any further ado, please help me welcome my friend, one of my favorite artists, um, the, one of the, 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 the leaders of the modern-day jazz world rap um, scene. Please help me welcome Vanessa Laura. Vanessa, how you doing? I'm doing good how are you i can't complain vanessa i'm doing really well i'm doing real 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 good just trying to finish up these classes I'm so glad that me and you was able to make this happen because i was sitting up i was thinking to myself and i was like man like v i was like she's an artist like not to say that there wasn't any other artists in audio arts but vanessa is an artist so i was just like man like you know why haven't i sat down with her she's a rapper so I was like, man, Cato, you really need to step your game up. I didn't did interview 10 people and I didn't interview oh, actually 11 and I didn't interview Vanessa. So I had to make it happen. Um, Vanessa, real quick, before we um, jump into things, cause I got a lot that I want to ask you, because like I said, your story is really fascinating. Um, please just tell the camera a little bit about, you know, like who you are, where you're from, you know, just give a little introduction to yourself. Take some time. First of all, I'm really excited to be here yes, because, you know, I've been hoping that you did a podcast and I'm glad to hear that it's working out for you and that you're really committed to it. Mm -hmm. That's freaking awesome. And I'm so glad to be here. This is awesome. I appreciate but, it. Thank um, you. Nah, so my name is Vanessa. Um, my artist name is Vistis. Um, I started music after I got my bachelor's in film from Syracuse University. Mm -hmm. um, I moved to Syracuse back in 2014. Um, but up until that point, I was just in the Bronx. Um, I went to high school for photography, so going into film was kind of natural. Mm -hmm. And then when I was in undergrad, um, there was people recording and stuff like that. And I listened to a lot of music, and I wrote poetry, but I never thought that I could do it because um, people told me my voice was very funny or some people say that I sound really sarcastic or too mellow and so that was not a thought that occurred to me that I could like one day you know rap and people could enjoy it and um now so one of my friends was um making music at the time and I was like can I just come through and and see what it would be like and I recorded a song and I'm not gonna say it was really good but um I liked it so I was like let me keep trying it and then um, I actually studied with Newhouse on, I was in VPA, but I studied with Newhouse my senior year. I was there for a semester in LA and I bought a webcam microphone. It was like one of those blue microphones as a spear. And um, I was just in my living room at the time and I just recorded a rap. And then I recorded a video because I'm a, I was a film major, so I knew my way around the camera and editing mm. and stuff like that. So you started rapping at 18? Um... Or, no, like, the was, first time you ever recorded? That was going to oh. be when I was, like, 21. Because when I wow. was in L.A., um, oh. that's when that was my final year of my senior year. Oh, you went out to L.A. for a semester? Yeah. New House, L.A.? Then my birthday is okay. in August, so I was 21 at the time okay. when I first recorded that song by myself. August the, what? 
Um, 19. I'm a Leo. Oh, like me. Oh, okay. Really? Bad. Yeah, I'm the fourth, remember? That's yeah. not fucking... We were in Thai class Excuse on me, my that's birthday. That's mad funny because yeah. you give me so much Leo energy. Facts. I think that's why we get along so well. Because yeah. we understand each other's craziness. <laughs> that's so mm-hmm. funny. But, nah, so yeah. So I was 21 at the time and then I recorded that song. I made the video for it and it was like nothing crazy over like some lo-fi hip-hop beat I found on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And then um, I put it up and people liked it. So I was like... I'm about to put some effort into this. I'm I'm about to put something behind this. So wait, so you started rapping at 21. Mm -hmm. Wow. I'm surprised because I thought, you know, generally when people really start... And it's something we'll get into. When people really start kind of taking towards music, it's usually at a very young age. Mm -hmm. So you rapped at 21 years old. That's when you started. Mm -hmm. Wow. Like your senior year. Yeah. So you tapped into your musical interest and your musical uh, passion like kind of later. Yeah, I okay. think that the first time I, I did something like that was in, like, third grade. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a music um, teacher at the time. And I tried to learn guitar and drums and piano. And I stuck with the clarinet for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this is third grade, so it's not a big deal. And it was in the Bronx. But um, I just was not—I I don't know why I couldn't learn it. I, I loved the class, but I could. it just did not stick with me, none of the instruments. So my teacher at the time actually let me record a rap. These are like third graders rapping. Like it was like, oh my God, it was so cringy. But that was the first time I ever done something like that. And I've always enjoyed it. So I did write at home, but I never thought that I was going to perform. I just thought it was something that I had fun doing. Like I used to listen to beats, write little raps. They were really cheesy and cringy, but... But it wasn't until 21 when I was like, oh, maybe I could do something like this. Okay. And you just put up a song. Do you remember the name of your first song? The first song that... I put up... Um, the song that you put out that everybody liked? The first song that I really put out, and it had a video to it, and that's when people started, like, seeing me. It mm-hmm. was, like, um, this song called Berserk. Berserk, Over okay. a Koroyoi beat. I think that's how you say the name. Mm-hmm. Sorry if I'm saying it wrong. No, but okay. Just like a producer online. Mm-hmm. So I just made a little rap to it. Now, 21, so th- you're 26 now. This was five years ago. Mm-hmm. So this was 2018. Yeah. So 2018, you really take rap seriously. You write your first serious song and you put it out. Mm-hmm. Now, well, it wasn't really that serious. It oh, was just okay. like me on the webcam microphone. I didn't, I okay. wasn't thinking to myself like, I'm a rapper. I was just like, I like this and I, and I did put some effort into it. Yeah. All right. Now let me ask you this. So, um, cause I want to get on to like your inspirations and stuff like that. But, um, when, when you released that song, so we said 2018, Brooklyn Drill is gearing up to go crazy. I mm-hmm. think like Chef and Pop was, I think Pop probably had like Flexin and, you know, Drive the Bow and, mm-hmm. you know, NPR, I think might've been out at this time, depending on what time. Rest in peace to Pop Smoke, by the way, the smoke will never mm-hmm. clear. Um, Chef G, um, I think was out at the time too. Chef G might've had the first, no, no Suburban. I think the first No Suburban came out 2017. Um, 22G's, I think, had um, Suburban out, and he might have had no Suburban out, too. But anyways, 2018, Brooklyn Drill is going crazy. Mm-hmm. Atlanta Trap is going crazy. Savage is dropping albums. Thug, Little Baby, Gucci, everybody has these, um, are dropping these. Like I said, the trap sound is still going, is, is still hitting real hard. So these are kind of like the two dominating sounds on the airwaves. What led you to go towards jazz rap, which, you know really hasn't necessarily been within like mainstream prominence probably since 
I don't, I don't want to say probably since, but it's been a while. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like, it's been a while since the Diggable Planet, since, you know, Tribe Called Quest, since, you know, um, Common, you know, since they were, like, at their peak. So, anyways, w- like, based upon from everything you were hearing, what made you gravitor- gravitate towards jazz rap? Well, I'll be frank that I wasn't really listening to drill. I wasn't mm-hmm. really keeping up with the New York City scene. Um at the time, I was just listening to a lot of old school hip hop. Like in the nineties, I was listening to a lot of Diggable Planets. Mm-hmm. Mind you, this was my first time. Like everybody knows cool like that, but that was the first time that I sat down myself and I was like, let me listen to this and hear what they're saying and, and look look at what they're doing. And I loved it. I was like, this is unlike anything that's happening right now. Like, you know, hip hop has changed so much. It feels a little more violent right now Mm -hmm. in comparison to what the lyrical content was, the feeling that was in the 90s. And so um, everybody was listening to that around me. Like people were like going crazy for pop smoke and all of that. And I respect it. And I love it so much when I hear it because it gives me a lot of sense of pride to come from New York and to hear that. We're making things that are really resonating worldwide. Like, that's awesome. But something about the 90s was just, like, I was so, in, like, enamored by it. I love to... Uh, Refutation, like, Diggable Planet's album um, of Time and Space, where they're talking about just, um, like, what it means to be black, what it means to be even you know a woman they have one song that was just about like abortion mm-hmm. and it's like these are topics that a lot of people Hit aren't today. talking about yeah, yeah but they're still resonating today mm-hmm. and so um i'm and at the end of the day i'm a creator yep. like i'm not i'm not focused on the trends and i do enjoy them but i'm really just focused on expressing myself and for me, that's just what resonated, like the jazz rap. And I would say jazz rap is still very much alive. Kendrick Lamar is one of the biggest artists we have. Mm-hmm. And for me, when I look at him, he's a he's a jazz rap artist. He's okay. like, for me, he has like this um, classical, but not in the way that it's like classical with an orchestra, even though he does have orchestration in his pieces. But his projects are so well thought out. Um, they have so much emotion and so much um, story in the content. Um, and then all these jazz elements um, that you don't really hear. But he's so, you know, popular and prominent in our culture today. And so I think jazz rap is, is very much a thing. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the main thing that you hear. But it still but has it's a alive community. And people are connecting with it. Oh. Mm-hmm. Okay. Nah, I appreciate that, Vanessa. Um, I was always interested to hear what got you into that particular style. Because um, as I said before, yeah, it's still alive. And I knew that. But I'm like, you know, I don't necessarily really, you know, hear... You know, like I said, there's so many other dominating sounds that, you know, it was interesting for me to come and see somebody close in age to me, you know, saying be a fan of this genre and, you know, saying be a practitioner of this genre. But Vanessa, real quick, I want to take it back to your childhood, um, because for people who have I always say usually most people, they start kind of finding music tastes and, you know, they really get passionate about music, you know, probably like within like you know, high school. But then I always say, like, for people like me and you, it happens probably more around, like, middle school. For me, it really probably happened around, like, third grade. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like, middle school, I feel like it's, you know, when we really start to realize, like, hmm, I love this more than, you know, pretty much, you know, most of the people around me. Like, what was being played in the household when you was coming up? And then when did you kind of just say, you know what, I'm sick of listening to whatever was being played in the house, and I want to start going to listen to what I want to hear and with that, what did you gravitate towards? So that's a that's a loaded question. So what was being played in the house as you was coming up? 
I'm Dominican, so in my family, I'm first generation, so they was always playing bachata, merengue, mm-hmm. salsa, you know. The dance music. Just, yeah, we grew mm-hmm. up to that. So I grew up with a lot of rhythm in my life. But other than that, my aunts came here when they were teenagers. So it's my mom and she got two sisters, and that's my immediate family. And um, they listened to everything. Everything. Um, because they came here when they were teenagers, so they started mm-hmm. listening to rock. They were listening to a little bit of country, a mm-hmm. little bit of a, a lot of electronic music. I'm talking like dance, like disco, um, house, um, things like that. So I was listening to like, you know, Aventura, and then I was listening mm-hmm. to Benny Benassi, and then mm-hmm. I was listening to like Nine Inch Nails. Okay. And these are things that were just scattered throughout, but a lot of it was Spanish music. Mm-hmm. And I used to not, I won't say hate it, but I used to not like it when I was younger because mm-hmm. Spanish music meant a couple of things. It meant you was going to clean on the weekend. Mm-hmm. It meant you wasn't going to leave the party till six in the morning. Um, amongst other things, but those were like the two major things that I'm like, I do not like this. Mm -hmm. And so, but now that I'm older, I appreciate it more because of the rhythm. Like, it's just always been about, um, like the rhythm, the grooves. Um, but it was when I got to college, um, I felt like when I was younger, I was running away from my identity. Mm -hmm. I grew up in the Bronx and like, people are always telling you all types of things. Like, you know, there's not a lot of like hope in the community or wasn't a lot of hope in the community Mm -hmm. like everybody's like if you want to make it somewhere you got to get out of here and for me i had a lot of like a little uh, i'm still unpacking it but i had shame to be from the bronx and so i just felt like it was not a cool place to be from like i didn't understand you know when that's your whole world you're like i don't know well, Vanessa, real fast, just because, um, you know, I want to make sure the listeners, you know, they might not have ever been to the Bronx. They might not know the first thing about it. Can you please describe the Bronx as far as what, you know, you're talking about as far as like from maybe like a stereotypical standpoint? Mm-hmm. And then can you also describe the Bronx as far as from your life experiences? Because I feel like, you know, that area and being from the Bronx really has shaped you in a way. You know what I'm saying? Where mm-hmm. we grow up, our environments help shape us. So can you talk about it a little bit? Well, people in New York City themselves, everybody talks shit about the Bronx. They're mm-hmm. like, you know, the Bronx is dirty, the Bronx is this or that. For me, um, I think that a lot of people, and this is just all in hindsight, because when I'm younger, I didn't have the capacity or self-awareness to understand what I couldn't jive with at mm-hmm. the moment. But um, in hindsight, it was just like, it just wasn't, it wasn't the place to be from. Like, it's like people look down on you. You don't have a lot of access to opportunities. And because of that, people are angry at each other. So it's like you're brushing shoulders with people who are so angry, so upset with their lives. And it was like the energy just wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And that's why I decided to go to school in Manhattan. Mm-hmm. Because I had this idea or this idea that was given to me that if you're in a white school and you around white kids, you're in a in a better place. Like, this is like... Your education is going to be better. You're going to have more access to opportunities to a certain extent, which might be true. But the high school I went to wasn't, there was like one white person as well. And we're talking about, I'm in Hell's Kitchen, like a couple blocks from Times Square. And then when I came to Syracuse, that's when everything really started changing for me. And where I was from really was put into perspective. Because in Syracuse is a PWI and you feel so disconnected from who you are or where you're from. Like there's nobody like you. Nobody around you really grew up in the projects. Mm. Nobody knows what it's like to have 20 bucks to last you the week or 
Even less than that. One time I had $3. I'm telling you, negative in the account. I feel like, and though, and those kinds of things really... Um, I'm sorry, I had to think about that. I came a long way. I remember one time I had $3 to last me a week. I was po. Yes. And so you come here, and yeah. it's not like that. Like, the kids around you are riding Maseratis. They got yeah. their dad's car. Mm-hmm. And that's great. They got, like, da- shit, they got a dad. They got a dad. Yeah. Now, not to say I didn't have one. Shout out to my dad. Shout out to Cato the, uh, the Second. I appreciate you. But, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that was, you know, like, car? Yeah. Having, you know what I'm saying? Having a... I'm sorry. I just yeah. had to make sure I put that out there. But continue. Uh-huh. No, definitely. I, I mean, I grew up with a single mother. So mm-hmm. it's like... She had to raise three kids by herself. Shout I mean, these her. are all different Shout perspectives. So when I when I got here and I realized, like, damn, I cannot connect with anybody. Mm-hmm. Nobody really understands my anger. Nobody understands my passion. Mm-hmm. Nobody understands, like, really the way I think, how I talk, why I carry myself a certain way. And that's when I really started wanting to connect to home. And I'm like, I miss the Bronx. And that, like, first time in my life where I'm like, I miss the Bronx. I love the Bronx. I miss my family. Mm-hmm. Because you think that what you need is, like, somewhere out there. Mm -hmm. But really what you need is so close by. And sometimes you just need to put yourself in a different situation to to get that perspective. Um, So when I came to college, that's when I really wanted to connect with everything. Like, when I really started listening to merengue and bachata because I wanted to, when I started listening to hip-hop so much more deeply, but I was digging a little bit further back Mm because I was listening to, like, 90s music, Trap Called Quest, Mm -hmm. The Roots, stuff like that, um, which was resonating with me at the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And, yeah, so it was just really coming to Syracuse was what changed me and what made me appreciate, like, where I'm from and how that impacts the way I carry myself. Yeah, it's beauty in our struggles, you know what I'm saying, from areas being where we from, you know, like, I always said this, like, you know, some of what I've been through prepares me, you know what I'm saying, to shake things off and get over things quicker. You know, I'm a lot less in my feelings about certain things. I be seeing some people getting their feelings about certain things, and I be like, man, like, you know, like, ugh. Like, you know, you could have made it where I was from. Then I'm like, you know what? The reason why they could have made it is because they have to grow up in it. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense. But Vanessa, um, you started touching on this. Um, but thank you for sharing that story. You know, I, I really appreciate you, you know what I'm saying, really giving a a, a genuine, you know, perspective of the Bronx. Because, you know, it it, it has its bad rap. I and mean, I've made jokes about it before. I'm not going to lie. I got homies from New York City. You know what I'm saying? So, mm-hmm. you know, and they make jokes about me, too. You know what I'm saying? Because for those of you who don't know, like I said, I am born in Atlanta. I live between Atlanta, upstate pretty much my entire life. So, you know, and I say upstate. I didn't say New York, I said upstate. Um, but anyways, because New York is the five boroughs, and then if you live in Mount Vernon, West, not Westchester, Mount Vernon, and like the other, what was that, Poughkeepsie. Yonkers, yeah, you you there, not necessarily Poughkeepsie, but you know, you you there, but you not, but you know what I'm saying, but anyways, yeah. enough about all that. So, um, you touched on this a little bit. So when you started breaking away from what was being played in your household and what was, you know what I'm saying, just kind of being, you know, spoon-fed to you from a musical standpoint, um, what were you... When did this change? Like middle, so like I said, middle school generally. But like, what were you gravitating towards? I know you said you gravitated towards a lot of '90s music, and I know you mentioned Tribe Called Quest. I know you mentioned Diggable Planets. Um, you know, I don't know if there was um, any others, but can you tell me about like, you know, what about the music drew you, and you know, how did they inspire you? The lyrical content, mm-hmm. the vibe, just the overall message, um, just the tone, very laid back, very chill. Mm-hmm. I feel like we live in a society where people just, 
are so angry and because of that they have something to prove and they're always trying to chase that next thing and I felt like I was in that cycle and I felt kind of like embarrassed and ashamed of that I think that it's important to want to grow but I also think that it's very much important to be content where you at and a lot of people don't agree with that they feel like you should never be content or comfortable where you at but it's like if you can't find peace here then you're not gonna find peace in the next place you go because you don't even know what to do with what you have and how to be happy with that so why would the world give you more like why would it just keep giving you more and when it does give you more we see oftentimes these celebrities get all these things everything that they could have dreamed of things that we dream of and they still struggle with real life issues like addiction and stuff like that, um, mental health issues and crises. Like, I just don't want to go in that direction. And I think it starts by just being very self-aware and reflective of what do we want and why do we want that? And do we really even need it? Mm -hmm. um, and if I can't get it right now, how can I start building it where I'm where I am in my community and with the people that are here right now with me because we're always looking for somebody please like trying to reach up please show me the way show me but like if you could really sit down the same way you hang out with your friends you could just sit down and make plans mm -hmm. like in college i spent so much time just smoking and messing around we could have been building a plan like these people are all from different disciplines like we could have made something together um, but you got to get self-awareness to have that. And that's something self-awareness comes in hindsight when you make certain mistakes mm -hmm. um, or you go through certain thought processes and then you realize that you were wrong and then you you reset and you try again. So um, I don't know if that answered your question. No, nah, it does. <laughs> no, nah, I got you. Nah, most certainly. Like, you know, because um, I, I, like I said, as far as music, I think like, you know, a lot of people, such as us, we like we try to find solace within music. So you know, we try to listen to things that you know we feel like people speaking directly to us. Mm -hmm. So like, um, you know, it's a couple artists that I listen to, like um, a classic Yay. You know what I'm saying? So late registration, graduation, um, you know, uh, even my beautiful dark twisted fantasy. Like I could always listen to that and, you know, I could always like resonate with it. Certain songs by Project Pat, certain songs by Biggie, certain songs by Pop. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like I could um Chef G actually, um, proud of me now. Mm -hmm. Um, his album that came out in twenty 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 yeah, December 2020. I mean, that album speaks to me, I think, maybe more than almost any other album ever created. So I feel where you're coming from. So Essentially, I said all that to say this. Do you feel like because, you know, Tribe called Quest and Diggable Planets was speaking on things that you saw, you know, like within like your own neighborhood and with your own life is that that was what helped you uh, gravitate to it? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, Diggable has this one song called Where I'm From. Yep. And it's kind of like a celebration. The mm -hmm. actual music video, they're waiting on a line. It's mm -hmm. like a public service line. Like maybe like I'm not really sure what it is. Maybe they're waiting for food and stuff like that. But they're with common folk. Mm -hmm. And by common folk, I mean regular people like everyday people like you and me. Um, and they're just waiting online, rapping about where they're from, and it's celebratory. And I I love that. Like, the whole song is just, like, keep going, where I'm from, da-da-da-da-da-da-da. And they were talking about New York City. And I was just like, this is so beautiful and so uh, visual, the storytelling and the lyrics. Um, and just talking about New York in such a way, like, I don't know, like, that that, that kind of stuff is just, like, it makes me feel more connected to where I'm from. And that's what I, 
I feel like the more connected we are to where we're from, the better we can understand what is it that we want to make out of this life. Mm -hmm. And I think what I want to make out of this life is like, I want to find peace. Like a lot of people don't have peace. Mm -hmm. And I try to do anything that will bring that to me. So when I make music and I'm just like, we're operating in the present moment and based on instinct, I feel a lot of peace. Um, that's why I don't really like drill that much. Mm -hmm. I respect it. I will listen to it, but it's not something that you're going to hear me in my car playing. No, I understand. It's too, this is just me because I'm, I'm soft. It's too loud for me. It's way too loud and scary for me. <laughs> like that, the bass, the uh -huh. kick, it's like, I'm like. And the syncopated, um, the thing with drill is the syncopated claps. Yeah. So the like and then with the damn, yeah, like how they place their yeah. drums i'm like man this stuff is like i was like man this genre yeah, is hard like, body and i love it you yeah. know what i'm saying I, I think that's really what draws me to it but like yeah like the like how to do the syncopated claps and like it'll be like all like syncopated is like the way it was described to me is like it's offbeat but because it falls within like a certain like yeah like groove or like like within like music theory it's still on beat mm -hmm. and then they have the snares go through and i'm like man like i remember when i first heard you i'm like yeah this is aggressive and i yeah. love it personally yeah, yeah but no i understand that so it has a big body it's very mm -hmm. full and honestly sometimes i listen to it and i just think back to my undergraduate days being absolutely <laughs> hammered at a party i don't even know how i'm gonna get home mm -hmm. and that's the only thing in the back of my mind that <laughs> i'm like bruh like that just give me trauma like nah, I, I feel like i'm gonna puke i feel like i'm at a, a party and i'm like nervous nah, nah, but that's just how i be that's why I'm, i gravitate to the jazz is more laid back chill it's very like you know just nice and light um also i love um Diggable Planets, like, their video cool like that. Mm -hmm. They were rapping in, like, a jazz club. room. Man, jazz it was club, fire, yeah. And everybody's just sitting down listening. Mm -hmm. And I feel like after all the work people put in to make a good song and curate albums, which was what people were doing back in the day, more album-based, um, you would want to sit down and listen to it and experience it. I feel like now it's like you'll go to, like, one of these hip-hop concerts. Everybody's on their phone. They're rapping over a track. There's no instrumentalist, so it's different. And I feel like um, music is just miss missing that like chemistry between instrumentalists, um, missing that that kind of connection with the artist. Like you just in hype mode, but you're not really listening. You're not feeling them for real, for real. Um, that's just what I think about it. But um, that's why I like Kendrick. Kendrick always has like these like. It's, it's just so dynamic. Like, his shows are dynamic. There's things going on. There there have been some shots I've seen of him just bouncing on the stage, mm -hmm. which is typical now. But um, I don't know. That's what I liked about it, about the hip-hop back in the day. There was, like, a lot of attention to, like, what it felt like as an entirety. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, even being in this program, I feel like there's not a lot of credibility for hip-hop. Mm -hmm. Because people feel like it's not very, like, it's loop-based or it's sample-based and it's not real, like, musicianship, mm -hmm. I guess. And it's like, I hate that. I hate that because that's not fair, like, to not be inclusive to something that's so, like, that has influenced so many, that has saved so many lives, um, that is, like, really, 
like um I don't know the word to use, but it's just like such a central point of music right now. Like everything is influenced by hip hop today. Like everything has been touched by hip hop and everybody wants to be in hip hop nowadays. And so to just discredit it as it's it's like yeah, it's like yeah, hip hop, but let's talk about the arrangement in this rock song or whatever. Like I don't like that that I don't like that dynamic and I feel like we can change that and I feel like it starts by just like craft these performances like craft these songs like show people that this is more than just like you rapping over you know a beat that's just playing out loud like this is art I don't know yeah. Uh, nah, I, I I I agree with you. I'm sorry, I, I was lost in what you were saying. Like, you know, because I, I I agree. Like, as much as I love, I, as much as I love at the fact that a lot of hip hop right now, you can make a beat in five minutes, mm-hmm. depending on how skilled you are. You know, um, I do agree. I do miss, you know, the the instrument. Like, well, our project over the summer that we had to do. So, just for you who don't know, in audio arts, um, we all have to come together. And we have to make a well. I don't know what the final project is, but one of them is that we all have to come together. We have to record a song and then, you know, we have to go in and we have to do some uh, different mixing techniques as far as, you know, kind of making it our own. So we have to, you know, do some engineering. And um, Vanessa actually... I never forget it. So me, I'm not musically inclined. Almost everybody in audio arts has an idea of some piano, some music theory, mm-hmm. you know, some guitar, you know what I'm saying, some kind of vocal, some lyrics. I don't have any of that. Um, just being honest. But anyways, so I never forget it. You know, it was just so beautiful how it all came together. I remember we had Gabe on the piano. Mm -hmm. uh, We had Cal on the drums. um, We had Patrick on the, um, what is it? Or he he goes by Hoagie. Um, Yeah, I can't believe you used his name. (laughs) Hey, man. Yeah, it's a shout out to the homie. But yeah, um, but we had Hoagie on the bass. And I remember immediately, I was like, okay, I do not bring anything of value to this session. Let me go see what Vanessa got. And I remember I, uh, Vanessa had a couple uh, demos that she had on the computer, and she pulled it up, and she played one for me. And I was like, I like it, but let me hear another one. Then I heard another one. I was like, yeah, that's the one. So, you know, um, anyways, I said all that to say this. You know, when you were saying that, it takes me back to the time of, like, man, like, I miss when music, you know what I'm saying, was being made and, like, you know, like, the like instrumentals to come in, and, you know, you would you would get inspired by, you know, the actual, like, live instruments. So I do have to agree. So, V, um, so after you graduate college— um, what was life like? After I graduated college... You graduated 2018. 2018. Okay. I felt Damn, lost. I, I, was, I was finishing my freshman year. That's crazy. Yeah, I, yeah, I felt really year. lost. Mm-hmm. I felt really lost. Um, the program that I was in, it was like 60 kids, mm-hmm. and it was like 50 white guys, Damn. and then 10 other, you feel me, mm-hmm. of anything else. And um, that gave me... A quick idea about, oh, like, this is the industry I'm about to get into. Like, I'm really about to be running coffee for these people. Like, I do not want to do that. I'm not interested in doing that. And also, I felt like it was hard for me to make my voice stand out because it's like no one was really taking input from me or feedback. I didn't even end up doing my senior year capstone until 48 hours before the screening. It still ended up being one of the best pieces of that time. Because I already, it was a film about my family. It was a documentary. I had the the VHS footage that my grandfather took since the moment I was born and my footage. And I was juxtaposing, like, what was life for him coming to America, what he thought it was going to be like, and how he never was able to achieve the things he wanted um, because he couldn't get an education. And so 
it was basically him wishing the best for me and saying that whatever I attain should be for myself. And so I feel comfortable with my life that I can give back and return to the family. Mm -hmm. So after I did that, that was like a turning moment for me because then I was like, my family really came here and my grandparents are still in the projects. And these are the hardest working people I know. Like you moved like my grandma moved basically all her siblings here and she got like 12, 13 of them. And then they got kids and their kids got kids and their kids got kids. So it's like, what am I about to do to really make a difference? And I just felt like it was in the film industry and that put me in a moment of chaos because I'm like, damn, I just got this degree. I don't even think I'm going to use it for real. So um, I stayed here for another year and I kept working catering because I've always done food service. <laughs> and um, I was like, if... I'm going to get a job and be running coffee for however long until somebody takes me into consideration. Then um, I'm going to just go work in coffee, in the coffee shop. So I moved to Atlanta. I was struggling to find a job. I landed a good job at a coffee shop with a lot of benefits, 401k. It was amazing. The pandemic hit. Um, and so I was only in Atlanta for like five months before really? the pandemic hit wow. and in the five months that i was there i was just trying to stabilize myself because i left with only a thousand dollars um but you know uh, housing is cheaper down there so i was like was cheaper yeah it was cheaper um before the pandemic now it's like i don't know what's going on no it's crazy but um the pandemic happened i lost my job i didn't have any money um, I was losing my mind, but what I did have was a new mic. I had an interface now. I had upgraded from the webcam microphone, and I was just recording freestyles like I usually do. Um, and I didn't really have a direction that I wanted to go in yet, but I was performing shows at this point um, because the songs that I was posting on SoundCloud, there was a couple people like Major Stage in New York City hit me up. I did a couple of shows. So when I moved to Atlanta, I was kind of just trying to do that, find like local shows I could perform. Um, and then that's when I, um, there was somebody that I used to listen to who, who was making jazz hip hop music now, and it was Funky DL. And he's a London producer and artist and a great MC. And he's been working since he was 17, um, got a mobile award for Missy Elliott when he was like 17. Um, I listened to his song, I Am on spotify and i couldn't stop listening to it when i was in la so when i realized there's people doing this music right now i was like that's amazing and he has so many instrumentals i wrote a freestyle over one i had messaged him and i was like can i buy a beat off you he never got back to me but i took a instrumental anyway wrote a rap put it on twitter and he finally saw it and he was like yo this is dope what are you up to and i was like not much i record in my house and he was like, do you want to work on something together? And even though I knew nothing about music theory, nothing really about engineering or anything like that, I was like, yes. Even though I knew nothing, I was like, yes, I would like to. And he, we came up with a working arrangement that felt comfortable for the both of us, and then we got to it. He sent me a beat pack, and I just started. I had never even written a second verse for a song at that point. Oh, so that first song you put out that you you put up and it was um you said everybody was receptive to it when you were twenty one. It was only one verse. Yeah, it was just a verse. It was not even a hook. Damn. Yeah. Okay. So that was the first. I was like, he hit me up talking about, let's try to make you know a couple of songs. Maybe we can make an EP. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't even imagine what the end process would look like because I've never done anything like that. I have never even wrote a second. 
you know, verse to a song, really. And so, um, but at the time, it was like the pandemic. Everything fell up in the air. I didn't really know what was next. And I realized that I had an opportunity. And um, he basically mentored me through making this, my first my first EP, The Lilac Pack. And um, he mentored me through the whole process. And so that's when it really, really kicked off, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, Vanessa, what was it about Atlanta? Because New York City and Atlanta are two very different places. What was it about Atlanta that drew you to go there? Do you feel like, because I know you said that, you know, you were just, you were excited to get into the film industry, but then you realized that it wasn't what you necessarily thought it would be, you know. It, was it, like... Did the music industry and the music scene in Atlanta drive you down there? Like, what made you want to say, you know, I'm leaving New York. I'm going to go to Atlanta. Well, honestly, it was just chance. Like, Mm -hmm. I was sleeping on my mom's couch for two months in Soundview in the projects. And I had just graduated with my bachelor's. Mm -hmm. And shout out to anybody who could live with their parents after college. I think that's dope. But I could not. Mm -hmm. I was sleeping on her couch. Like, I felt, like, really pathetic about myself. Trust me, I, I, felt, I didn't been there. Yeah, I was unemployed. Mm-hmm. You know, I was still looking for a job. I felt like an idiot, and I had $1,000, and I had a friend who moved to Atlanta. And they were like, you know, I got a two-bedroom. It's like, I think it was like 800 or 1000 for the whole thing. So I would only have to be paying like 500 And I didn't know much about Atlanta, to be honest. I didn't know what it looked like. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what I was going to do there. But I knew that I needed to get out of my mom's house. And at that point, I was willing to do anything to get out of there. Um, and I love my mom, and I appreciate everything she's done for me, but I just couldn't. I'm her oldest, so we're like, sometimes we're like more like sisters. Mm-hmm. And um, nah, so I just went with whatever I had. And I lived in the West End for about a year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was mad different and I loved every second. Like at first I was nervous cause I'm in a whole new city yep. and you definitely don't want to do the wrong thing in somebody else's hood. Like in Soundview in the Bronx, I feel comfortable, but I was just like, damn, I'm in a whole new place. Like, I don't know, you know, some of the things that were different were like, people say hi to you in Atlanta. Like nobody says hi to you in New York city. Nobody gives a fuck about you. Like. People don't say hi. People don't ask you how you are. And I was just talking to strangers. Like, it was so easy to talk to people. Um, And then there was, like, a lot of black-owned businesses, vegan spots, especially in the West End. And that was so different for me when I moved there because I had never seen um, just so many black businesses that were just flourishing so much. I feel like in New York City, it's not really like that. Like, the mom-and-pop shops were getting, like, slaughtered, like, just taken out um, and being replaced by these kind of just convenience stores and stuff like that. So, um, but when I was in Atlanta, that's when I started to get to know more about it. Mm -hmm. And I just loved everything. I loved the culture. I loved the music. The people are so amazing. Um, So friendly. Um, It's smaller the New York City, and it's more green, so the air feels cleaner. Um, I just love being there. It was like they have a big gay scene in, in the city area. Um, I just loved everything about being there. I couldn't stay there. I would still be there right now if it weren't for the pandemic. Mm-hmm. 
Because by the time I left, I had a two-bedroom apartment to myself for, like, $800 in East Point. Um, and I was finally stabilizing myself. Um, and I was making music. You know, I had released my second EP by the time I left. Mm -hmm. And that's the EP that got me, like, over a million streams. Mm -hmm. um, Shout out to you. Like, you know, a lot of people try to say, you know, if you ain't doing a billion, you ain't doing nothing. But the fact that however many people decided to take the time to, sh and, you know, to get accumulate a million people taking the time to listen to your album to give your mm -hmm. album your ep a chance shout out to you vanessa that's an accomplishment and that's a lot to thank yeah. um and be grateful for funky dl because mm -hmm. he shed so much game and light you know he's been in the business for 20 years yeah. and so he had so much to tell me and he's been independent so everything that i was learning at the time was because of him and we were working online so i was working from home sending him vocals and he would mix master produce and everything and he was just showing me everything. And if it wasn't for him, it would have been different, mm -hmm. um, the start. But um, because he already was in the jazz hop realm, realm, realm is the word. Mm -hmm. When I started making the music, we he used his fan base to kind of get them to notice me. Um, you know, we did a dual release, so we were both on it. Where usually the producer is like a hidden credit. It was just like we were two main artists. Mm -hmm. um, because... The producer does so much. The producer really carries the song. Like, usually when people remember a song, they remember the melodies and, you know, the little instruments. Not the little instruments as demeaning, but, you know, like, they mm -hmm. remember all the little moments in the song, the ear candy, the things that really, the things that really stick with people is, like, that part. So, nah, and that was just the first year, and we had done over a million but I was in the pandemic, so I couldn't see people. I couldn't perform, and I was always working because I was trying to um, maintain my life, like myself as an individual, so I was working full-time. And then I realized that it was not that feasible for me. I felt really uncomfortable. I wasn't even around friends or family throughout the whole pandemic. I was by myself, so I was like, all this was happening. I was getting a million streams, but I was still at home by myself, not talking to anybody. I was going from work home, work home. And then when I go home, I'm working some more because I'm writing. So now, then I realized that I wanted to leave so that I can be closer to home, closer to places that I could perform and where the music was resonating a little more. Mm -hmm. um, because jazz rap is, like, not that big. But at least being in New York, um, people understand, like, a little more. It resonates a little different than if I'm in Atlanta mm -hmm. and I'm trying to do that. Um I just think you should be in your own community doing your own thing. If you really want to do anything appropriately, that's the way to start. I don't think you should go to anybody else's block and try to do that. And um, so then I just felt like it was time to move back. Um, but because I didn't know any music theory, I also wanted to go back to school. <clears throat> and so Syracuse was one of the places that I was looking at. And that was part of the reason that I came back to New York, too. So when did you move back from Atlanta? I was there for... Two years? For the majority of the pandemic, mm -hmm. when it was in the height of it, so it was like two and a half years or so. So, twenty eight, twenty nineteen, you moved down to Atlanta. So you came back twenty twenty two to New York. Mm -hmm. Wait, I came back like towards the end of um twenty twenty one. Twenty twenty one. Okay. Oh yeah, you said two years. Okay, so mm -hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Okay, gotcha. So, another thing I want to ask, when it comes to Atlanta, the music culture down there, and the music culture to New York. How does it compare? 
Because you spent enough time down there and, you know, you had some successful, um, you know, you had a lot of, a lot of you, the success that you saw was during your time in Atlanta. So what's the difference? What's the similarities? And, you know, why is one better than the other in certain things? And why is another one better than the other in other things? When it comes to music, I don't think there's any, there's no better or worse. There's mm-hmm. just preference, what you like. And I can never say that, you know, New York is doing better than Georgia is doing better than Los Angeles, California in general. I can never say that. Art is very subjective. It's like about what you like. I can't rank it as an artist myself. Um, I do feel like the scenes are very different. Like, you know, Drill was really popping off in New York. And um, in Atlanta, I wasn't really going out and listening to much music. Um, But some of the artists that I did run into, they were chill. Like, their sounds was different. I think one of the most noticeable things for me were um, the effects on vocals and stuff like that Mm -hmm. was different. Um, So, like, auto-tune? Yeah. um, Just, like, the cadence, the flow was different. Um, But, yeah, I wasn't really listening to much. Um, Besides the people I knew, there was this one artist who's an independent artist, too, Sunny Dread, mm-hmm. and um, she's fire. Yeah, that's a hell of a name, actually. She's so. fire. Mm-hmm. Maybe not include that, because I'm not really sure that... I know her her, her artist name is Sunny, but, mm-hmm. but nah, she was doing some cool stuff. That was one artist that really struck me, and one of my friends um, is part of a a duo called the family orchestra Mm -hmm. and they were doing more like hip hop, like what I heard back in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I really did not get to meet as many people as I would have hoped because I was just at work all the time. I was working in midtown, just making coffee every single day. Mm -hmm. Like the only, when I had downtime and it was like maybe two days a week max, cause that's at a certain point I had three jobs. Um, I was just staying home and writing and listening to music. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Um, Vanessa, when you mentioned earlier, um, you mentioned the gay scene um, within Atlanta, and you, you know what I'm saying, and you're gay. Uh, how did that impact, like, your artistry? Because, you know, I definitely want to speak on, you know, this won't be a one part of your identity. Um, but, yeah, how does, um, as I said before, um, being gay, how do you feel like that impacts, like, your lyricism? Because, like, when I listen to you, you know, please don't take this the wrong way, and I hope that this doesn't sound crazy on camera. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, I'll be listening to you, your girl love me because I never come early, and I'm yeah, like, yeah, damn. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not going to lie, when you say, like, you know, when you rap, like I said, all due respect, I really, like, I I be thinking, like, man, like, a dude wrote this. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, in, in, the, in the most respectful way possible. Yeah. And I'm like, man, like... This is fly, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, damn, and I'm like, you know, it's a whole different dynamic, you know? So, like, anyways, how does um, being gay um, impact your artistry, if it does at all? It impacts it um, a lot in some ways and a little bit in different ways. Mm -hmm. Definitely not the way I ever expected. When I first started writing raps, and and then especially when I was working with Funky D.O., Mm -hmm. I was so nervous because I'm like, his fan base is like more older people, older hip hop heads, Mm -hmm. mostly like, you know, men who listen to hip hop. And I was like, damn, like I'm about to rap about some gay ass stuff. And I don't know if it's going to resonate. 
And you, I, you def- I'm sorry. Can you define gay ass stuff? You know, like it's just like my soft voice, and I'm talking about women in my songs. Like mm-hmm. they're the subjects of like the songs that I talk about. Mm-hmm. And so I was a little bit. I'm um, like, it was in the back of my mind. Mm-hmm. I was gonna write what I wanted to write because I write just like in a flow state. Like mm-hmm. once you start writing, it's like sometimes it feels like it's not even your words. It's like somebody's writing for you. Mm-hmm. But um. So I was going to write what I was, what I was going to say was what I was going to say. But I thought about, like, how would this affect how, how be people... received. Yeah, are people mm. going to want to listen to that? Um, and it was never a problem. Actually, um, I have a lot of... Most of my... The people that listen to my music are men. Yeah. And I feel like, one, it, they can resonate with the lyrics yep. better. Mm-hmm. And um, more than that, one thing that Funky DL told me that it's not really, like, no one's going to pick you apart for those kinds of things. It's really about how do you feel. And I think that music is about how you feel. It's mm-hmm. about the feel of it. It's not about, you know, like sometimes we think that we have to like overcompensate. We have to have so many metaphors. We have to be so like really thoughtful, really like, but you don't always have to be that way. Some of the best songs are very simple. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I was just overthinking it in a way like, like, I was about the—I'm losing train of thought. No, it's okay. I guess I thought it would have a negative impact, and maybe people wouldn't want to listen to it. But I don't think that any of those things really matter in the way that they might have used to. You know, music is music, and feel is feel. And if you can feel something, it's just going to hit. Mm-hmm. Um but also when you make a song, it's, like, not even yours anymore. Because once it's out in the open, like, people can interpret it in many different ways. So, mm-hmm. um, I guess the one way it impacted it was, like, because I'm gay, sometimes people, like, act weird when I talk to them or mm-hmm. they don't know how to talk to me or, like... You know, some people feel like they need to dap me up and stuff like that. And, like, for me personally, like, I'm still just a regular. I'm just a woman mm-hmm. here doing me. You mm-hmm. feel me? I'm not trying to perform. I, I'm not trying to be a gay advocate. I'm not trying to do... I'm just being me. Yeah, like, I'm Vanessa Laura. Yes, I'm gay, but I'm Vanessa Laura. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like... I guess me, I'm trying to say that because it's like, at the end of the day, as long as you are you, mm-hmm. um, that's that's just too, it's hard to pick that apart. Yeah. Like, if I was performing and I was, like, trying to be something I'm not, I'm not I think I would have got picked apart for it the way that I was scared to be. But because I was just being, like, my total self, I think that just resonates. I think just authenticity will always resonate, um... And yeah. No, I understand. No, I appreciate that, Vanessa. I, I appreciate you for being very open and honest about that. Um, for real, for real. So thank you. Um, I want to talk about something. And this is um like we spoke about this a little bit earlier, but mm-hmm. you know, when it comes to, you know, um the gay community um in hip hop, it it's something that has been within hip hop for I would probably say about the last like thirty years, probably especially probably really since the beginning of it. Mm-hmm. Cause you know, um, I hate how, you know, sometimes on social media, people make it seem like gay people are just something that just, that only existed, you know, up until like five years ago. Mm-hmm. But, um, within hip hop, I feel like it's existed for a while. Um, and like, you know, little Nas X, and no disrespect to him at all, but I feel like a lot of people consider him like a pioneer 
as far as like, you know, saying being like, you know, I feel like some people might look at him as like the first gay rapper. Mm -hmm. But, you know, DeBrat and Young M.A. Well, DeBrat been out since the 90s. Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. Oh, she's gay. I didn't know that. Yeah, she got a wife. I, I didn't know that. I'm sorry. I don't know much about Queen Latifah. I have no disrespect to Queen Latifah. <laughs> well, Set It Off is a movie. Okay. Set It Off is a movie. And I loved Cleo. Especially when she spun that black with that Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, okay, so Queen Latifah. So thank you. Queen, no disrespect. I'm sorry. I... I need to familiarize myself a lot more. But shout out to you, Queen. We appreciate you. So Queen Latifah, been gay for forever. DeBrat, been gay since the 90s. Queen mm -hmm. Latifah, been gay since the 90s. And then Young M.A., you know, she came, like, she really got popular with the Ooh song in, like, 2015, 2016. Yeah. So Little Nas X didn't really blow up until 2018, 2019. So, like, what, what like, I'm sorry, hold on, I got to refer to my notes. So do you feel like DeBrat, Young and May, Queen Latifah are overlooked as pioneers of the big gay community being accepted within hip-hop? Because I always felt that that was funny. Okay, Lil Nas X rolls around and then every single thing he does that's even uh, closely related to him being gay is tabloids. And it's like, this isn't the first time we've seen this. Yeah, like shocking the world, right? Yeah. Um. Like, do you think women are being overlooked for it? Because like I said, I feel like y'all really are the ones who kick the door down as far as for the gay community being accepted within hip-hop. Listen, it's all politics. Like, black women have started almost everything. Everything is probably led by them. I think hip-hop itself, like, is influenced by black women. It's like, black women are at the core of it and at the core of many things that they're always going to get looked over. Gay, straight, doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. That's just what it is. Like, when I'm thinking about the levels of, like, just society and who's, like, the most oppressed across the board by other pe others, you know, other people, it's going to be black women. Mm -hmm. And black women have always been left out of the conversation, especially in hip-hop. That's just what it is. It doesn't matter if they're gay or not. Like, they, you know, 11 times out of 9, you ask a guy what's his what's his top five favorite rappers, he's not going to name a woman. And that's really crazy because mm -hmm. it's like these women have been killing it, like yeah. absolutely killing it. Mm -hmm. And it's like anytime we talk about a woman doing anything, it's always like, oh, this female rapper. Like it's like a a different like a, a whole different category like if it's not in the same conversation like we're talking about top 10 rappers you never hear a woman on the list well i think times are changing because you know um i think it was billboard did a top 10 uh rappers list and i think Nicki minaj is number eight and she should be and maybe closer to the top like what the fuck like she said waves on swim so they hate on him like come on like she's fire like everything she does is crazy like i mean any i mean it's not even about, like, it's hard to judge music, but it's really about, it's just about the feel. For me, it's not about, like, who's the most uh, lyrical, who got the most metaphors. It's, like, who really is, like, impacting culture and just the feeling of it. And Nicki Minaj had us in a chokehold for mad long. I'm not gonna lie. I just heard, um, I've been listening um, to um, her Ice Spice uh, collaboration on Princess Diana, the remix. Yeah. Nicki's still like that. Um, what was the uh, other song that came out? Uh, what's the Nicki song that came out that I sent you? And I was like, nah, Nicki's still going hard. Yeah, Red Ruby the Sleeves, like, Nicki's still like that. Yes, Cardi, yeah. Megan, Cardi, Yeah, know. Cardi B, I mean, Cardi B last year probably had my favorite verse. Um, 
Uh, I stay on her mind. I got condos in that bitch head. She said she don't fuck with me. Who said that you can't hold that nigga a muncher? He gonna eat me like a mango. Long ass weave. Shit be tickling my ass crack. Okay, I okay. laugh every time I hear I that I love shit. that. Yeah, I, like... I love that you're actually listening. Yeah, nah, listen, Cardi, Cardi is hilarious. Listen, even yeah. No Name, like... No Name no, is fire. No one's ever talking about yeah. No Name. I don't know for what, because she's mm-hmm. really down for the community, and Chira, she's really down for the cause. Tierra Wack, Wack, Wack Like, yeah. are you shitting me? Like, she did a free style on Funk Flex. I was like, whoa. Even Azalea Banks, mm-hmm. which I know she... she mm-hmm. I know Dochi. people think she's problematic. Dochi? She's from Florida, right? Yeah, she signed a TDE. Yeah, um, Dochi is Flo fire. Millie? Flo Millie is crazy, Come too. Come on, like... Uh, Meg is probably... Meg Cardi's probably my favorite because, like I said, I love how... I like cleverness when they come to rhymes, and I be listening... Like, um, when Meg goes... Um, 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 if he ate my ass, he's a bottom feeder. I'm like, whoa, that's fire. Listen. You know what I'm saying? So I like... I like when the le- when the lyrics be kind of clever, so I think that's why I gravitate a little bit more towards the mm-hmm. Nickies and the Cardies and the Megs. But you know, I mean, Ice Spice, I feel like is dope. You know, yeah, I'm yeah. thinking I be eating oats, bitches ain't taking nothing from me but notes. Like I'd be like, wow, like there's some cleverness to this. And you know what? And no. I think uh, uh, people will try to discredit women for anything. They're gonna be like, they're too sexual. They're too this. Like men are mad sexual in their raps. They always been sexual in their raps. They actually a little, um, give a little, um weird vibes, Mm -hmm. incriminating sexual vibes on their songs, some of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to get into specifics, but Mm -hmm. you know what I'm talking about. This is a free platform. All of the views that you express are all your own. (laughs) But what I'm saying is like, when WAP came out, for example, and people were so mad, like, people just hate to see women who are comfortable with themselves Mm -hmm. and don't perform for nobody. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't perform to be this, like, I got all my shit together, all my ducks in a row, like... Yeah. And that's, and real quick, you hit on this. I'll tell you something. We've been listening to men rap about they dicks and how they... And you know what I'm saying? And about how they, you know, their sexual dealings with women for about 40, 45 years. I mean, I don't know. I don't necessarily get offended when I hear a woman rap about her vagina. You know, me either. Man, I, I don't know. You know all that stuff. All Man, that. I think a lot of these dudes. Respect. I think a lot of these dudes be tender dick. Yeah, and uh, yeah. Uh, uh, controversy around Lizzo and stuff like that, and what she does. Like, mm-hmm. people are always trying to tear any way that mm-hmm. they could tear, especially a black woman is what I'm saying in particular. Mm-hmm. Lizzo's fire too. Because yeah. you know that white women perform music and they get sexual. You got Madonna kissing people on stage, mm-hmm. and people kind of let those kind of weird things slide, mm-hmm. and it's like when it comes to the flip side, it's never like that. It's mm-hmm. never like that. It's always like, why is she doing that? She doing too much. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know. So when it comes to all of that stuff, basically what I'm trying to say is that um, women are just, have always been overlooked for any, any, any chance that they can get overlooked, anything that can, that somebody can use to dismiss them to kind of not include them in the conversation. They try and do it. And, um, I don't know. And so the only th- way I think to to battle that is just to keep showing up, to yeah. keep existing. Mm-hmm. And that's why even though I had my reservations about Syracuse when I left and I felt like it was a PWI and I felt like I didn't belong with these people, I'm like, if I don't take up this spot, then just another white guy is going to take up this spot. So yeah. I might as well put myself here so that people know that we're still here, we're still rocking mm-hmm. and... We're going to get it done. Yeah, because even here at Syracuse, I mean, in the Audio Arts program, you're the closest one in relation to me. Mm-hmm. You know, you and, yeah, you and, you know, yeah, 
um, Yingxi, Hao yeah. Hao Tong, the foreign students, Quailing, yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. But as far as like culture and stuff like that, like how it relates, like yeah, you mean you are definitely closely related. And I really appreciate you know um, going through audio arts and going through this program with you. And um, I appreciate you for. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I saw you, it was like a sense of relief because yep. I was like, my God, like it's only eleven of us. Like yeah. what the hell. Mm-hmm. That makes me upset. Yeah. Like, that's not a true reflection of music. You yeah, know what I'm saying? I agree. And, you know, all the arts is a beautiful program. It we is all a get along. Program. So, we're not bashing all the arts yeah, Syracuse no. University. Those are our homies. Definitely. And I appreciate them. They help us so much. Yeah. And they take us into consideration. But mm-hmm. you can't tell me that it was just like you and me, <laughs> the only, you know, and I'm talking about because we have the students from China, but I'm talking yeah. about you're going to tell me we're the only ones who applied. Eh, that's fair I mean I'll say this though I feel like Todd and Bill Wordy Just because I don't want to put Like I get where you're coming from mm-hmm. But Todd and Bill Wordy um, I feel like You know That I feel like they picked Based off of who they felt Were the best um, For the to, to be in this program So I'm not Not saying that you're wrong And not to say that I disagree I'm just gonna make that Very known Like Bill Wordy Has been like a Like a like a, like a father figure to me mm-hmm. And Todd has been like A grandfather figure to me So I don't want to put that Out in the atmosphere But I, I respect where you're coming from No and definitely mm-hmm. Um I'm not trying to come at anybody in particular. No. These are like the, but these are the very real dynamics that exist. Fair, that's fair. And so we should call them out, and we should question them, and we should have discussions about them. Todd and Bill Wordy. Not, no, not about them. I'm talking oh. about just like the dynamics of like the students that get into this school. Okay. I mean, across the board. I'm not just talking about audio arts. This is not an audio arts thing. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I was here for my bachelor's and it was like 50. Oh, you're talking about the school in general? I'm talking okay. about the whole school. I'm gotcha. not talking okay. about anybody in particular. Okay, I understand. And mm-hmm. a lot of times I talk to other students of color mm-hmm. and they feel the same. They feel like it's kind of hard to find my people. It's kind of like, it's just... It's different. It's mm-hmm. very different. And I've been here since 2014, and I've done two programs here. And I thought when I got here, I honestly didn't expect anything to change, and I already knew what I was getting myself into. But you always have a little hope, and I feel like, I don't know. I would have loved to see way more women in the program. Mm-hmm. And I would have loved to see more people that were interested in hip-hop, mm-hmm. which I didn't feel like happened. Although Bill Wordy loves hip-hop, and we actually share the same favorite album. Which is? Big Bull Planets, Refutation. Really? Okay, yeah. that, that makes sense for Bill. I can see Bill definitely like it, like that smooth groove like that. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, um... Nah, I just wish there was more of that. That's yeah. all. Yeah, not nah, no definitely. No beef, no beef with nobody. I don't oh, got beef yeah. with I'm sorry, I wasn't trying to perpetuate that. I just was a little bit lost. No. Like, I didn't know. I was like, man, I don't feel like Bill and Ty were coming from that. So that's why I just want to make sure no. I made that. But I, also, I understand where you're coming from. Yeah, and uh. also, I'm a very passionate person. I got a lot of thoughts in my mind, and mm-hmm. they're hard to organize. And no, so no, I, go on, I go on a lot of tangents. Yeah. Um, but I just have a lot of passion in my heart. And there's still mm-hmm. so many things that I, I have to unpack. Yeah. Like, even now I'm sitting with you and I still don't feel like I'm a hip-hop artist. Mm-hmm. I still just feel like it's just me, Vanessa, and I'm making things. And I'm trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. I don't know what I what I am yet, mm-hmm. but I'm curating that. Um, but like I said, there's so many things that I still have to unpack in my personal life. Baggage I'm still carrying. Yep. So many things that I need to learn. And... Um, I love being a student, and I feel like I'll be a student till the day that I die. I love to learn. I'll I'll never think that I know everything. I feel like the more that I learn, the less that I know. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm always like, I want to know more. Mm -hmm. And um, 
there's so much room for me to still grow. You know what I'm saying? Like, <clears throat> no, I understand. <laughs> I, I don't know. No, I got you. V. And you know, V. Yeah. I mean, I know you said you don't really know quite where you fit in all this thing. You don't really necessarily know who you are as far as an artist. I mean, Vanessa, can I tell you a very simple way about how you should think about that? You, Vanessa, and you a dope artist. Mm -hmm. Simply. Yeah. You, Vanessa, I think you need to be a lot kinder to yourself. Oh, definitely. You know, I don't want to bring up anything personal or anything that we spoke about off camera, you know, on camera. But, you know, V, a million streams on an EP. You've done two or three million in total. I think so. Yeah. Uh, across the board, I <clears throat> about think. About two or yeah. three million streams in total. And, you know, you have a... I don't have you on Instagram. I need to change that. But um, I think I ran across your profile, like, maybe before. But anyways... Mm -hmm. Like, 3,000 followers. Mm -hmm. That's pretty good. You know, like, you know, people enjoy your music. You know what I'm saying? If you posted something right now, like, hey, you guys, I'm dropping a song, people would, you know, I, I'm almost certain that you would get, you know, multiple people who would be sending some fire emojis and who would be giving you a good reaction. So be a lot nicer to yourself, V. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, this game is this game is rough. It's, it's difficult. You know what I'm saying? You're going to get hit in this game. You just can't fumble. But just look at yourself um, as a... Um, just look at yourself as a dope artist that's figuring it out. It's all good. You're still young and you still mm -hmm. got, you know, um, plenty more years of writing and creating and crafting beautiful and great music. But, um, V, just because, you know, I, but I, I do want to keep this going, a um, couple other things I want to um, um, talk about. Now, we touched on this, I, um, but what is your current view of female rappers, especially from your city? Because the reason why I ask is because, you know, Nicki Minaj... I give Nikki a lot of credit. Now, people have the different things to say about Nikki, and that's whatever. Um, you know, I don't know her personally, so I'm not going to speak about, you know, I've, I've heard that she's really mean, this is that, and the third. Mm -hmm. But, you know, from um, a standpoint of influence, though, Nikki really held it down. Like, I don't think people understand this. I, I had a conversation, I think, with um, yesterday about this. I forgot who I was talking to. Um, it was one of the Bandier students. And I was like, you know, in 2012, um, Nikki's like biggest competition as far as from um, another female rapper was Cray Sean. Mm -hmm. Do you know who remember Cray Sean? She had a song Gucci Gucci. Gucci Gucci Louis, 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 Fendi, 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 Fendi Prada, Prada. That song. Yeah. And I shout out to Cray Sean, because you know what I'm saying? I ain't gonna lie, I enjoy that song. She has some couple good lines in there. Um and that was really like one of like the kind of like first like internet songs, you know, like yeah. you know, I wonder what that song could do, like if Vine and like, you know, TikTok was popping mm -hmm. like it is now. But anyways, you know, I try to tell people like Nikki really held this torch and carried it until the Cardis and the City Girls and everything. Like, you know, Nikki might be the most important female rapper of all time just because when rap was kind of starting to find its footing and it was really starting to take off into mm -hmm. the industry that it became today, Nikki was, you know what I'm saying, she put the game on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you look at Nikki, you look at the Cardis, you know, and now you look at the next up and coming one and the one that looks like they about to do some great numbers. You look at that like um like a Ice Spice, you know, mm -hmm. who just dropped um an EP that, you know, is being very well received. And, you know, even some of the um the the other ones that are brewing. So outside of Ice Spice, um Lola Brooke, are you familiar with her? Um her song Don't Play With It, Don't Play With It, Don't Play With It. You never She's heard that? She's from New York. She's from Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Lola, to me, outside of like, like Glorilla, like Lola, Glorilla, Ice Spice are like three that I'm really heavily banking on. Um, Lola is... The only way I could describe her, she's like a female DMX. Mm -hmm. Like just, uh, you know what I'm saying? Just like real rough and like real aggressive and real New York. But then, like I said, she got some real clever lines. She got some phenomenal one-liners. Like, you know, 
I see her and Ice Spice really putting on, you know what I'm saying, for the future of New York. And I'm sure New York got some other, um, you know, female rappers that's, you know, on the come up as well that I probably didn't mention. And then, um, you know, of course, you got like the Glorillas in the South and, you know, a couple of other rappers. You know, I really like Glorilla too. I think she's extremely clever. But anyways, point I'm trying to ask is just like, um, where do you feel like, you know, the trajectory as far as for women in today's hip hop landscape is going? Because you got, you know... Dochi and City Girls in Florida. You got, you know, Amaretta and um you uh what's her name? And um Lotto in mm-hmm. Atlanta, you know, New York, as I said before, Ice Spice, um Ice Spice, Cardi, well Cardi and Nikki, but as far as new people, um Ice Spice, Lola and um I feel like I'm forgetting somebody. Yeah, Ice Spice and Lola, and then like I said, even in Memphis, you got Glorilla. So where do you feel like the trajectory is, Heather? First of all, I'm just so thankful that they're all we're in the same century mm-hmm. as them right now. Yeah. Um, this is a beautiful moment. Definitely. Excuse me. It's a beautiful moment in hip hop. It's mm. a beautiful moment in in just music in general. Um, and it's a beautiful moment for women in music. And I feel like more women in music are going to be coming up and coming through now that we have all these women that are really, you know, making waves. Um, I don't really keep up with the New York scene. I'm not going to lie to you. I listen to whatever's on the radio, like... Briefly, I l- actually listen to a lot of jazz mm-hmm. and a lot of bossa nova. Okay, I listen to jazz from all over the world. Like, um, I recently got a little bit into Nigerian jazz. Like, I was a couple years old when I first heard Fella. I'm not going to lie, yeah, <laughs> like literally, yeah, shout out to Fella is crazy. Like, it was from a from an artistic standpoint, yeah, like. Almost everything that's going on in like the West African area, I mean, I feel like it definitely draws back to him. Fela Kuti is phenomenal. Shout yeah. Out, shout out to Fela. Well, I think he passed away, so rest in peace to Fela Kuti, but shout out to him. Yeah, so yeah. that's really the music that I listen to. And, okay. and so I'm not trying to be disrespectful when I'm like, oh, I, I don't know this person. Like, yeah, but if you don't I know really, what's going yeah, on, you don't I just know really on. don't, yeah. no, I, I really don't tap in, but when I do hear things, like my girlfriend is the one who put me on to Dochi. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, I was like, this is amazing. Mm-hmm. Dochi's probably not somebody that I would have found on my own. Yeah. Probably not somebody that I would have played by myself. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a lot of people around me, like you, who put me on. Yeah. Um, and I'm just so, I'm happy to hear anything. Even when Ice Spice came out, and she's not somebody that I would listen to on my own or go out of my way. Mm-hmm. But I'm just proud for anything women do like i'm I'm behind everything like i'm behind i don't care you know what they say and because i don't know them individually as people on a personal level Mm -hmm. i can never cast like judgment on them for things that might be circulating certainly but i can only feel like a sense of pride especially for the women that are from new york because i feel like they're so new york and new york women are so aggressive and like Mm -hmm. gritty and like just like straightforward and um a lot of people from outside new york are not used to that and i think they need to get used to it and they're going to get used to it because we got these women coming out and and taking a stance in the industry and that's what we need like the industry is very male dominated still so and i feel like a lot of the um a lot of major impacts as far as what's going on in rap music right now. You have to give a lot of the ladies the credit. Um, I mean, even like Doja Cat. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I'm a fan of Doja Cat's music. Um, you know, I like um, I like Planet Her, and then I liked um, Hot Pink. I was a fan of those two albums. Um, even the other one that came before that, uh, I think 
it's her first name is the name of the album. Amalia, Amelia. I, I'm not familiar. Is it Amalia? Amala. Okay. Thank Who you. was on that? Um, on Amala. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. I literally listened to it probably about a month ago. And I listened it to it all the way through. Four tracks or so. Mm-mm. Do you no, know Amala? Yeah, I think it's a full album. I think it's like ten. Oh. Yeah, but um, my favorite one of hers um probably is the last one that she put out. But anyways, what I'm saying, even like you look at Doja Cat. Not only is Doja Cat one of the hottest rappers in the game, but you know just her impact that she's having on fashion. Yeah. You know. I love Doja. I love Doja. Nobody's left out. I didn't even mention Lauren Hill. I love mm-hmm. like all of these women. Like yeah. I love what they're doing. Mm-hmm. I love that they continue even when people are like kind of coming at them for certain things. Mm-hmm. I just love to see it. Definitely I yeah. love to see it. And a lot of these things I see passing by. Doja's somebody I engage with a lot, a lot. I engage with her music all the time yeah. because I've been listening to her since... When she did like that song so high, that's yep. why I was asking you because I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But that was like a short EP that she did. Yeah. Um. But even when she did that, I was like, "Are you kidding me?" And then she dropped Moo, and then people knew her for the song Moo. Yeah. And but I, I hate that. that I hate is ha- that. Yeah, like, cause I mean, it was a fun song. It was funny. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Whatever it was. They try to play her because of it, but I'm like, yeah. you don't even know that she been doing this. Doja for a can little really bit. rap. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I mean, I loved her feature on, um, she got a song called "Icy Hot" with Young Thug. Mm-hmm. Her and Thug went crazy on that. So, um, yeah, but like, I mean, like I said, a, a lot of the impacts. Like, you look at Doja Cat, not even just from a stylistic standpoint as far as being a rapper, but, um, I mean, you even look at the fashion. Like when she did the all red thing, mm-hmm. she did the all gold and shaving off her eyebrows and, mm-hmm. you know, all this, cr- I don't want to call it craziness, but just all of this, you know, very out there in your face fashion, you know, like even Doja, like, you know, like she's making so many impacts and then Ethiopia Habitamarium, I think it's how you say her name. You know, she's the one who pretty much, you know, QC was one of the hottest labels at one point. She was the president of the label. You know, she's the one who kind of got that whole, she was the architect behind that. So, you know, I feel like it's a very good space for women and I feel like we need more women in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, the lady who oversees um, Epic Records, I think her name is Sylvia. Um, I forgot her name, but I remember that she um, she's like extremely intelligent and mm-hmm. she really kind of, as far as Epic Records, she redefined like, you know, their marketing and as far as how they market hip hop artists. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she, she, like I said, streaming. So I think she went to, I think she went to the Wharton School at University of Pennsylvania. So she's brilliant. But anyways, point I'm trying to make is that overall, I feel like um, I've always been a big advocate for more women in the game because there were just so many women who I feel like never ever got the um, the credit that they deserved. Mm-hmm. Like um, some of my favorite female rappers, um, uh, what is it? Um, Gangsta Boo and um, and um, what's her name? Why can't I think of her name? I'm blanking on her name. Uh, LaChat. Mm-hmm. Like those are two of my favorite um, really rappers in general, but female rappers especially because they were some of the first female rappers that we really heard really having gangster lyrics in their rhymes, like really talking that shit, like how dudes be talking that shit. And then um, another one that I really wish that, you know, she had more of a, I, I really wish that she was able to break the mold. Um, her name was Princess Loco. Mm-hmm. Princess Loco was from um, She was a rapper from Memphis mm-hmm. um, She did some work with Tommy Wright Third, And you know she has She ha- she was really a super lyricist mm-hmm. um, Mercedes I think she was signed to No Limit um, Who else? Mia X I wish that she would have had um, a little bit I wish she would have had a little bit more of like um, You know like her f- A little bit more of like a longevity within the game Like there are just so many women who I really You gotta felt put like, me on You should really start curating playlists Cause I really wanna hear all of this stuff I'm I serious ju- I gotta go on YouTube for a lot of it um, I'll put something together on YouTube I got you You know what I'm yeah, saying That ain't yeah. no issue but, I mean I um, love Like I said I love hearing new things mm-hmm. I'm like 
even when I tell you that I don't really listen to a certain genre, mm-hmm. like, I do be hearing things and I do, like, enjoy them a lot. Like, I just love to see people experimenting. And I feel like one thing is, like, this whole experience is very ph- philosophical, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if that's the right word. But I just feel like the closer you get to your true authenticity the more you're like kind of like a child in the way that you experiment and the curiosity that you have for the world, Mm -hmm. like you're going to be weird like Doja if you're more connected to yourself because that's somebody who's just expressing themselves to their core. And I feel like um, I'm still learning that because like right now we're in a more business business side of the music industry Mm -hmm. and that's what we're working on. But to my core, I feel very much like an artist and only an artist. I don't feel like I'm a business person. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like... I, I I wanted to learn these things because I feel like they're useful to know. Definitely. But when I think of art and music, I look at it from a very emotional standpoint. Mm-hmm. And, like, this is, like, a tool of expression. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, anytime that I just see people, like, really committing their entire selves to something like that. It's just so inspiring and just so amazing. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to say. No, <laughs> I understand. It's just like, I'm just like... Mm-hmm. You're just so inspired by a lot of the female rappers and just the way that they... really just people in general just being true to themselves and putting out great yeah, music. Yeah, like yeah. everything is a point of inspiration. The only time I'm not inspired is when I'm hearing like the same kind of stuff over and over again, mm-hmm. which I felt like was starting to happen a little bit. Like... um Especially in New York, like, I felt like, you know, some people wanted to pop off and they were trying to copy pop or they were trying to trying to even copy Ice Spice now. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I can't stand that. That's the only thing I can't stand in music. When people are like, you hear them and you immediately think of somebody else. It's like, damn. <laughs> gotcha. It's good to be inspired, but like... I don't want to hear something and be like, is this pop smoke? And then it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? That's just what I think, but I don't know. No, I got you. Uh, <laughs> I probably said I don't know like 50 times, but I really just don't know. I just know what I know in this moment. No, I got you, V. <laughs> I got you, V. Steez. Um, Vanessa, real um, one last thing um, before we get to put on or put out. Um, I want to ask you about your keys to your success as an independent artist. Because as I said before... Um, two or three million streams is something to definitely be proud of in this music game, especially the fact that, you know, you've only been at it off and on for about five years. Um, what do you feel like is really, outside of just being your true authentic self, because I know that that's something that you really, you know, um, appreciate about yourself and just about musicians in general. Um, what has led to um, your success as far as an artist? Um, I think that the moments that I was able to have success, it was because I was focused and, um, I wasn't really thinking about anybody else, but my work, like when you really in your work, like when you're really doing the thing, you're not on social media talking about it. You're not letting everybody know you're moving in silence. You're not. It's like none of the things that people think it it would sound like. It's like you by yourself Mm -hmm. and you just grinding and nobody really knows and nobody knows until it comes out. And I feel like when I was working on them EPs, I really had my head down. Um, And at the time, there was no other way to really live because it was the pandemic. So, um, and I was by myself in a whole different state, whole different city, didn't really know anybody. So all I had to do was keep my head down. And then one day I could look up and see what I had done. 
And I was really proud of that. Right now, I'm in a little bit of a stagnant period just because I've been in the master's program and juggling so many roles and responsibilities as a student, as a human who's just trying to survive, pay bills, Mm -hmm. Um, as an artist, trying to meet these collaborations and trying to find that groove again. Um, But I think that to be successful, it's just most important that you commit yourself daily to your craft and every day is not going to look the same because sometimes committing to your craft is sitting down and deeply listening to an album and Mm -hmm. analyzing it and some other days is going to be you figuring out what all the what all the tools do Mm -hmm. um and maybe that's a wide range of things to focus on because some people say if you want to be like a a great writer like you got to sit down and write and do this but like i said at this point in my life i don't know what exactly I'm going to end up doing ultimately. And I don't ever think that it will be one thing, but I think the keys to success is really just having your head down and just focusing on what you're doing and not comparing it to anybody else and just finding what your voice is, like what you're about, um, what's your message ultimately. Um, yeah. Um, Vanessa, well, thank you so much for that. Um, you know, V, I said I respect artists, and I just overall, not only do I love your music, but I just respect the way that you go about the game. You go into about the music industry with a whole lot of integrity um, and a lot of good spirit and a lot of good energy. And, you know, I just pray that as you continue to find your groove and you continue to grow as an artist that, you know, God will bless you and bring people around you that, um, you know, share your same like morals or share your same standards. So mm-hmm. definitely shout out to you. Um, Vanessa, real quick, you want to look at any, well, that camera is your camera. Yeah. Um, do you want to look in there? Do you want to plug up any socials, um, anything that you have to say, any questions for me? Is there anything that you'd like to tell the people? Definitely. Um, after a long wait, it's mm-hmm. been a, two years since my last EP release. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I just needed a moment to figure myself out yep. because when I made the music, I didn't think anybody would listen. And when people listen, I'm like, damn, what am I about to do next? Because now people think that I'm a rapper. But really, I was just this was a moment of expression for me. And mm-hmm. I love music, but I don't think I'm there yet um, to really be like, I'm a rapper. I'm a hip hop artist. <laughs> you know, I think I have so much more to learn and to work on. But um, anyway, all that to say that the past year, you know, we've been doing our master's program, Mm -hmm. trying to get our knowledge up, trying to get our experience levels up, Mm -hmm. trying to get in touch with people. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm finally releasing a song. It's coming out second week of May. Second week of May, okay. Bossa Nova Summer Jam, you feel me? Um, And we're going to be dancing. So the date is still tentative Mm because we still got to lock in. But um, new song dropping, uh, and um, because it's a summer jam, it's called Still Outside. Still outside. Still so, outside. So not even back outside. We no. always been outside. We still outside. Okay, so, <laughs> um, now that's what's up. Tune in VSTs on everything, mostly on Instagram okay. and Spotify. But hopefully, we'll, Tell them how to spell we'll it. expand that. V S T E Z E. There we go. Not V S T Z in all lowercase, you feel me? All lowercase? That's me. <laughs> well, Vanessa, listen, thank you so much for coming on to the show. As I said, I just love to always have authentic, true conversations about hip hop and the world, just of black music and black culture. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I wish nothing, you nothing but, you know, continued um, success um, now and within the future. But, anyways, um, this is Vanessa. I'm Kato, or V-Steez rather, and I'm Kato, and as always, I got more to say.
Yo, what's going on, everybody? As y'all know, I am Timothy Cato III, and this is Put On or Put Out. So here on I Got More To Say, we love hip-hop fashion. And when it comes to hip-hop fashion, it has a huge influence in some great ways and some probably not so great. So on this segment, I'll be showing our lovely guest, Vanessa, some different, um, some different figures within hip-hop, um, you know, and their fashion choices. If the fit is executed properly, it's put on. If the fit isn't executed properly, it's put out. And it will all be up to Vanessa's discretion. Vanessa, are you ready? So put on and put out. Put on or put out. Or so put out. if they put it on and they execute it properly, put on. If they did not execute properly, it's put out. Okay. Got you. So first up, Vanessa, I'm going to show you a photo of ASAP 12 how are we feeling about him? Uptown. Oh, and this is also, real quick, Vanessa, for you answer. This is based upon where somebody's from. So with Vanessa being from New York and from the Bronx, we have all Uptown slash, um, what is it, uh, Bronx artists with or figures within hip-hop. So how are we feeling about ASAP 12 a Harlem native? Put on. Put on? Yeah, I what like we... that. Real cash, nice mm -hmm. and, you know, you're just going to vibe with your friends, hang out for a little bit. Nice matching sweatsuit. Yeah, I like that. The shoes especially. I like the writing on them. Okay. Is this custom made by anybody in particular? I have no clue. I ain't even going to lie to you. Yeah, no, that shit is fire. That might be 12. I think 12 he designs clothes. I think the V-Loan is like his thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I love this. Okay. I love this whole fit. I bet so 12 you put it on. Yeah, put on. V, you can set it right here. And then we just gonna flip that over. Okay, so ASAP 12 you put it on, my friend, according to V Steez and to me. So shout out to you. Next up, uh, maybe the greatest rapper ever out of Harlem. Um, he's definitely up there. He's definitely one of them. How are we feeling about Big L sometime in 1990? How are we feeling about Big L? Oof. Rest in peace to the legend. To be honest, I'm always, I love baggy pants. Mm -hmm. um, probably because I'm from New York, but I really just love the look. Mm -hmm. Um... I really love the jacket. Okay. Backwards fitted. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling this. Put that, on. Let's put on for Big L? Put on, yeah. Man, rest in peace to Lamont Coleman. We miss you, Big L. I mean, I've, I'm talking, when we talk about the biggest what-ifs in hip-hop, he's definitely with right within there. Like I said, perhaps maybe the, even the greatest rapper out of Harlem. Rest definitely. in peace to Big L. And shout out to his family, his estate. May his legacy continue to live on. Next up, maybe potentially another one of the biggest what-ifs. And maybe the most lyrically skilled and maybe the most talented rapper out of the Bronx. How we feel about Big Pun? Silky Blue. I take it to that. Yeah, that looked like Pun probably when he got the deal. <laughs> How you feel about Pun? Silky Blue. You know what I'm saying? Button yeah, down. That's so funny. He looked like he's about to hang me a cigar and be like, sit down real quick. I got something to tell you. <laughs> um, no, nah, this could very much be an uncle. You feel me? Okay. This could be a cousin. Mm -hmm. I love the fit. I like the blue silky. Okay. Um... Put on. Put on for put Big on, Pun? Put on, put on. Okay. Put on. So so put on for Big Pun. Yeah. Got you. I bet. So shout out to Pun. Another one. Pun, rest in peace. Um, He was another one. I mean, when he goes dead in the middle of Little Italy, little did we know that we riddled two middlemen who didn't do diddly. I was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> like, you should not Damn, be able to rap like crazy. that. that's crazy. Yeah, his use of alliteration, the minimal pauses that he took. I'm and, talking about you just riffing off the, off oh, the top yeah, of your head. You know, <laughs> I, I spent a lot of time with this. You know, <laughs> Monty, no, I, you know what I'm saying? In, at any given moment in time, you know what I'm saying? That's like, good. I, yeah, but nah, definitely shout out to Big Pun. Um, like I said, one of the nicest of all time. Next up, I want to keep it with Big Pun pun real quick how are we feeling about because i feel like big pun definitely need to get some more love yeah this is definitely something i would wear right now today like if somebody had this in my size mm -hmm. um i'm very small little boy clothing okay um 
definitely would rock this. I really love um, the New Balance. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a jacket over the white t-shirt, nice and plain. The fitted. The fitted, okay. The fitted's always included. I bet. Um, fire, put on. Put on? Put on. Bet. Okay, cool. So we're going to go put on for pun again. And you know what? Actually, I'm going to triple up on pun because he had a lot of good outfits. I try to make sure it's a lot of different artists, but I'm going to actually triple up on pun. How we feel about pun in the matching yellow suit with the yellow bucket hat and the Air Max 95s? For me personally? Mm-hmm. It's looking a little slow because that material look like your sweat's not getting out of there. It looks like it's <laughs> holding on to everything you got. Um, bucket hats never fit on me, okay. Personally, and I actually, what's this shoe called? Air Max ninety five. Yeah, I know that that was really popular mm-hmm. when I was in school back in the day. I was never wearing the cool kicks. Mm-hmm. Um, I always just like Converse and Vans. Mm-hmm. Um. Because I hate myself mm-hmm. and I like to feel rocks on my feet. But I honestly never really personally liked them. Okay. I'm not going to lie. Not gonna Is lie. that bad? Um, I mean, so I'm going to say put, put off. Put out. Put out. Put out. Okay. Put out. So Pun went two for three. Yeah. This one you're not feeling off This one I'm not feeling too okay. much. All right, bet. Well, you know what? Shout out to Pun. Shout yeah. out yeah. to Pun, though, for Definitely. real, because he was looking fly. <laughs> Next up, we keeping it in the Bronx. Um... Maybe the first ever Bronx anthem um, when they did Uptown Baby or Deja Vu, as it's more commonly called, and accompanied by his son. How are we feeling about Peter and Corey Guns? Is that a red solo cup on his shirt? Yes, it is. Oh, my God. I was God. a little confused myself. I'm not feeling that, okay. per se. Mm-hmm. I would say put off. Okay, put off put, for Corey. Put off, put on. Put on for Pops. Put on. I'm um, okay. the cardigan. Maybe lose the cardigan, but put on. Put on for Pops. So yeah. Peter Guns, he put it on. Yeah. And he also put on for the Bronx. Like I said, that Deja Vu song, the Bronx anthem. Fucking fire. Bet. So, shout out. so Peter Guns like put that. on. Right, yeah, bet. yeah. Next up, we got Dave East. Looked like he had some kind of fashion show. Like, um, I think I when I this photo, it was titled, it was like Tron um, um, Sweatsuit. How we feeling about Dave East? First of all, Dave East is a cutie. Um, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I've seen like some of the comments from the shade room, from his shade. Whenever they feature him, there's a lot of people. Crazy. Mm-hmm. He's a cutie. Um, I like the fit. I'm not really down for the sneakers, but overall, I would say put on, put on, put on for Dave. Put on for Dave. Bet. Dave, shout out to you, Dave. Let me go get some new music. We miss you, player. <laughs> I used to bump Dave I all the time. Say, yeah, like freshman, sophomore year. Um, I remember he dropped Hoffa. I think there was an album called Mama. I made it. He had a, he had a couple. He had a, he had a couple projects that he's been releasing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Dave is still like that. Karma Three came out during the pandemic, but shout out to Dave. Um, I want to keep it with Dave. How are we feeling about this fit from Dave? Mm-hmm. You know, and Dave. That's I believe that's East Harlem. How are we feeling about Dave in the second flick? Can Dave go two for two, or did he go one for two? I think he went two for two. Okay. Um, I just hate it. I'm really not a sneakerhead. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I'm like a, a cartoon character. Okay. I like a certain style of clothing, and then I'll just buy it in every color, and I'm going to just rock with that for like a couple years because mm-hmm. I never grow. But um, I'm feeling this a lot, and just not the shoes. Okay. Me personally, but I feel the whole fit. Okay. Um, I like the bucket hat. 
I would say put on. Put on? Definitely. Got you. Two All for right, two. Right. Two for two for Dave. Shout out Dave East. Shout out Dave East. Next up, you know I had to do it. Ice Spice. <laughs> How are we feeling about Ice Spice's fit? Bruh, um, I just love it. I love it. I love the color coordination. Mm-hmm. I love the color coordination, and I just love her curls. It's so cute. Yeah. Um, I like that Ice Spice wear her natural hair. Yeah. Like, not that I make comments, no disrespect to the ladies who might not wear their natural hair, but I really like to see, like, it's the, within this hip-hop realm, yeah. I, I think a lot more women are embracing, like, their natural features and stuff. Even the ones who maybe don't or who maybe get work done. Yeah, everybody's do, prerogative. do or don't. Yeah, do what do, you do. Do or don't. But I just but... love to see, you know what I'm saying, the natural getting some love. Because I feel like it got hated on for a while. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say... Put on. Put on for Ice Spice? Put on for Ice Spice. Definitely, yeah. She keep it. Yeah, I, I got to give it Ice Spice. She do keep it fresh. Yeah, she's so cute. I want to go Ice Spice again. And I believe that's... um, uh, how, how we feeling about Ice Spice and the Adidas collab? Oh, that's crazy. She had an Adidas collab? Yeah, I think that's like the Ivy Park, like the... Something like that. I think it's with the name of it, if I'm not mistaken. That's wild. That happens so yeah. Hey man, you know what I'm She's saying? She's up. Yeah, definitely. She's like I said, she's up next. I, mean, I can't she wait for that. She just dropped album. that song with Nikki. So after I saw Nikki and I was like, oh, she's. Yeah, it's she's up there. In. She up through there. Yeah. Um, you drop one EP and Nikki jump on your song and body it like that? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And put on definitely. Um, even the shoes. I love the shoes here. Um, okay. I think they're funky. Um, I just like the vibe. She looks dope and she looked like she go to Syracuse. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, man, Ice Spice, come do a show here. We'd appreciate real, it. Come, yeah. Yeah, come out to the queue. You know we're going to rock with you. <laughs> Next up, Q-Tip from Tribe Called Quest. How do you feel about his fit? Um, Definitely put on immediately. I just love Q-Tip. Um, I love everything about him, and I co-sign on whatever he does. Okay. This fit is kind of funny. He looks like he's about to barbecue for you <laughs> um, at the family cookout, but... But they was trying to be fancy. This is like after a wedding. He was trying to do a little cookout, but he wanted to keep some of the fit on. Mm-hmm. So, but nah, I love this. Um, so sweet. That's just like a wife beater in a little jacket. So put on for old Q-tip. Put on. Man, shout put out to on. old q uh, What is it? Um, industry rule number 4080. Record company people are shady. One of the coldest lines of hip hop. Shout out to Q-tip. <laughs> All right, next up, we keeping it uptown. Well, uh, what is it? Uptown. We going with, well, Q-Tip, I think, was born in the Bronx, but, you know, I think, you know, he pretty much Jack Queens, but he from New York, so, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But next, we, Uptown, we got to go. One of, I feel like, one of the best turn-up songs of all time that he created. But how we feel about Sheck West? How you feel oh, about... Oh, boy. Remember Mon Bamba back? I got, oh, that was my shit. Still is to this day. He looks really good in this. He looks really good in this, and... I didn't even know he was doing, like, runway walks. Yeah, I mean, Sheck from New York. I mean, Sheck was from New York. Come on now. You know, fashion is in the New Yorker's blood. Most he, of them. He looked really fancy and beautiful in this pic. And okay. for that, I say put on. Put on. Sheck, man, shout out to you, Vanessa. Just calling a man beautiful. I love to hear it. He does. Shout out to you. Sheck West, you put it on, player. Shoot. Next up, Uptown. One of the oof, one of the best producers of all time. Maybe even maybe one of the best art, probably maybe the best artist to come out of the Bronx. How you feeling about Swizz Beats? Tom <laughs> Sachs, Nike um, collaboration. How are you feeling about Swizz? Swizz Beats, he's just got a lot of swag. It just oozes out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, That's the, hey. I love the fit. The sneakers is funny. It looks like coats for your feet. Mm-hmm. Like a, a nice little jacket with a little string on it. 
Put on. Put on for swears? Put on. I think I'm going to say put on for just about everybody except that one big pun outfit. Because okay. he looks good. Okay, bet. But New Yorkers are stylish. Like, I can't. Yeah. I'm from there, so I'm biased. So, <laughs> <Gotcha>. <laughs> so put on for swears. Yeah. Shout out to swears. Definitely. Swears, swears, swears. Shout out to swears. Next up, Young and May. I believe she got the pop Pierre Moss Reeboks on. Yeah, shout out to Young and May. Mm-hmm. I really love Young and May. I can't wait to see what Young and May does next, mm-hmm. um, and for their recovery. And I'm feeling this outfit all black with the yellow accent. Um, even feeling the shoes. Mm-hmm. Um, just feeling the whole vibe. Feeling the hairstyle. Put on for Young and May. Put on for Young and May. Put on. Got you. Well, there you have it, y'all. So as I said before, I'm Kato. This Not V-Steez. This is V-Steez. <laughs> V-Steez. Uh, yeah. yeah. For today, for Put On and Put Out, definitely it was a lot of putting on. So shout out to everybody who was featured. V-Steez, thank you again. And as always, I got more to say.